0: Today's episode of the Masked Man Show is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network where we have uh, a bunch of really cool episodes of the Recapables up this week because we on the theringer.com um, are celebrating the 100 best episodes of television of the 20th century. It's super cool. Um, what else have I been listening to? The Bill Simmons Podcast with the great Ryan Rossello. They make each other giggle. Like That's the best part about that. There's a laugh that they achieve on that podcast that only exists on that podcast. Um I'm always listening to NBA stuff. You know that. There's also uh Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Artie Lang is on this week. Did you know that, Dan? Artie Lang on the Against All Odds. Binge Mode Harry Potter, which is just getting better and better and better. The Dave Chang Show. Um, one shining podcast on Shuffle with the great Micah Peters. That podcast is really, really good if you like anything if you like music or if you just like podcasts. Um, and of course I have another podcast. It's uh it's called the Press Box. Me and Brian Curtis do it. Every Monday or Tuesday, it's about the media, and it's about politics and sports. It's really interesting stuff. Uh, Check all that stuff out. Now, hit the damn music. What's going on, jabronis? It's pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad Stop. The Silver Lake Heartthrob. It's
1: Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's
0: your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks.
1: Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens.
0: I love that Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goof Haraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening and you're to this. are listening to. Listen you are listening to. You're listening
1: to. You're listening to the Mask Man, 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 Man Show. Man Mask Man, Man Show. The Mask Man Show. The Mask Man Show. Man Show.
0: Welcome to the Mask Man Show guys i'm getting the band back together i'm sitting here (laughs) across a beautiful wooden table from the king of sad style dan saint germain how you doing buddy oh it's great to be back Um, i've come here
1: (laughs) to make a statement i'm the new drew mcintyre i'm gonna come in with a better body and frowning all the time
0: yeah yeah you know i need to trim the beard up all right we got a lot of big stuff to talk about today um the most important thing uh, in in modern wrestling memory happened on Monday night. We'll get to that, but we're going to open up the show um on a sad note as we do too often. Yeah. Uh, we had kind of, This is kind of your thing. Yeah. I try to move away from it and yet um listen, we had three um three deaths in the wrestling uh, world um was it all the same day? I think the news, the news broke broke all the same yeah. day. It was over the weekend. Um, I believe. Yeah, I would get. I got a lot of vague texts and kind yeah. of thought it was all Nikolai, and then found out Brian Christopher, and then way too late found out about Brickhouse Brown. I think a, that that's the yeah, that's kind of the order of things. Um, Nikolai Volkoff, who was one of the great, um, sort of like stock character villains Farm of hills. our youth. Yeah, uh passed away. He was he was at a ripe old age.
1: Yes, I like I was saying before. Seventy is the equivalent of hundred and fifty years old to die as a wrestler. <laughs> I mean, it really is. When I hear like Nikolai Volkov died at seventy, I was like, "Oh man, he won. That's like the biggest championship to win." You yeah, know? if you're not, you know, if you're not dead in your forties as a wrestler, you fucking <laughs> you made it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he's he had he had a hell of a run, and certainly like by the time he. Um, Oliver Lee Bateman wrote about it for the ringer.com really nice really lovely piece he uh, I uh, Nikolai was like such a part of our childhood um, Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling cartoon you know yeah. I mean he was always he had always had a huge presence on those early WrestleManias all that kind of stuff yeah um, it was all like it, it's funny because we think about him I mean we talk about him as being a foreign menace as a child I had Very little concept of like geopolitics, right? And so on. On some level, you're learning about this. Like you're learning about things only your parents your parents talk about after you go to bed by watching wrestling. And on Mm -hmm. on another level, it's like. I don't know if you would say that like people like Nikolai helped end the Cold War, but it certainly just like made our generation only understand think, it yeah. as comedy. I <laughs> doubt wrestling has helped with any social movement.
1: No, 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 uh, or any any sort of uh, any sort of international.
0: Uh, I just mean by change. the time it trickles down to like jokes you're telling the kids, yeah, then the whole thing is so implicitly ridic- implicitly ridiculous that that's sort of it's over. Maybe yeah, not. I don't know. Not. I mean,
1: like. I mean, like right my, right now I'm going through all the Americans, so I'm like, well, it's not the T V show. Yeah, which is terrific. Um, so oh it really it, it probably wasn't over <laughs> during no, the no, time. No, no. But I will say that like the greatest testament to Nikolai Volkov is Alison Bree's character in Glow. Yeah. She
0: is Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. Nikolai Volkov wasn't the first evil Russian in pro wrestling. He actually wasn't even the first Nikolai Volkov, weirdly. There was like I there's another guy, I... another guy who like barnstormed in like the fifties who was huh. named Nikolai Volkov, but weirdly, Nikolai Volkov is indeed our Nikolai Volkov's, like it is a family name. So I, I don't know how it's like Wait, so that was his dad? No. No his relation. No, no, no. The other guy the other guy was an American dude and then or a Canadian dude, I forget which one, but then um, yeah, Yosip Persovich, uh, who is our Nikolai Volkov. Like Volkov was like a family name, and Nicol I don't know Nikolai came from something, or yeah. you know, uh, could have come from a lot of historical figures. Um, so yeah, that was strange. But he was, so he wasn't the first guy to play an evil Russian. No, and he won't be the last guy. But he's not. And he, yeah, certainly. Well, he not. may be the last guy as long as Linda McMahon is in the Trump administration. Yeah, it is and sort of then, interesting. Yeah, that maybe when she's out, they'll start doing evil Russians again. But it's funny that we had that he got to run against Hogan. Iron Sheik obviously dropped a belt to Hogan, mm-hmm. but by the time that I was cognizant, and I'm older than you, they were a tag team, and it was just sort of like a, you know, evil foreigners, like, yeah. like you know, grab bag. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, you know, it was that slow style of professional, ladies and gentlemen, the lights just went down in the well, studio. we got motion sensors. And I feel like the ghost of Nikolai Volkov just <laughs> prevented us from commenting about his unfortunate passing. No, but we, we've got emotion sensors. I, here. I tell you, whenever I hear like wrestler discovered by wife in home, I'm like, Oh, this guy did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> this guy made it out on top, died in his sleep. Thank God. He gave uh, a lot to the wrestling community.
0: He was always a fun legend to come back. He was, he was. And then you know, he got, Ryan he got Oslund his, he got through- his face turn. He was, a, yeah. he was, a, he was, we remember him as a heel, but he got his little all, all American baby face turn. Yeah. Um, and he kind of was wearing
1: Ryan Gosling's dra- jacket from drive, <laughs> you know, later on it became kind of a stylish, dude, I gotta say, a
0: jacket. I gotta say he wore some, if you can just Google old vintage Volkov pics, some of his gear was just fantastic. Just like the yeah. CCCP t-shirts and like the USSR, like uh turtleneck that he wore. Yeah. I'm sure at the time I remember them looking a little bit a little bit you know junky well they were kind of corny then but now you go to a thrift
1: store in Los Feliz oh my and... gosh
0: don't even go to a thrift store like you would go I mean you would pay good money for like that USSR well maybe not but you but that's the sort of shirt that you would You would, would pay, pay
1: upwards of 100 dollars for something like that
0: um hey when you google image search Nikolai Volkov the first thing that comes up is the art from the Ringer piece fantastic Nice plug over someone's death, David. We're doing a podcast about it. All right. <laughs> um, the next, uh, the next name that we got to mention is Brian Christopher, aka Grandmaster Sex A of Too Cool, uh, Jerry the King Lawler's son. That's a real sad one. Apparently.
1: That one, yeah. That one. It's like I, th- it's the first time I've come on the show, and I'm like, I'm going to be appropriate um, because it. There's, there's nothing. There, there, there is nothing fun in that story. And as somebody who struggled with depression and substance abuse you know that's kind of where you you know if you don't get your shit checked you know stuff like that happens it's 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 awful and it's sad and i i don't know if you know the obviously it seems like jerry wall or his father thinks that uh the way the police department he has questions over their handling and whether or not it could have been prevented at least he gave that um I think that's a fair feeling. question, and I'm not I, sure. I, I I'm not sure how
0: much you know. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know the whatever what you're allowed to sue the police department over, but yeah. um, certainly, if you know someone like you and I, it, it seems like you and I would have been wise enough not to leave him alone, you know, with a you know, bedsheet. I, I
1: don't know. I, I can't. I can't say I'm not in the position. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to comment on stuff like that until all the facts are in. You're right. But. Uh, I I'll I'll say that you know it's just what it, it's a, it is a sad business in in some ways and
0: you know these yeah guys I mean put it's,
1: their bodies through hell it's, and it's
0: true it's true and the and, and you know he he had a great career I think that you know it's not there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who grew up there's a lot a lot of guys who grew up second generation wrestlers back in at the end of the territorial days you know we'll talk we we'll about the Von Ericks or I have right. more than I could possibly do it and I. I mean, there is a thing where it's just, you. there's a lot of things that go into it, but it's not just the wrestling business, you know? I mean, being raised as, like, the most famous kid in a play, in a town like sure. Memphis or, like, Dallas for the Von Ericks or whatever, like, it's not, if it were a different business than wrestling, that doesn't always go well, you know? And it's, yeah. and you end up, and regardless, unless you become in any, you know, this isn't, again, specific to these people, but unless you become a generational star, then you're just sort of like every other, like, you know, quarterback who took the high school team to the championship. And yeah. then you just end up sort of burnt out at the age of 35 or something, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you it's kind of have to have an exit plan. And sometimes you do. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough life, man. I mean, I like, um, I think I taught, I got to talk to Brent. It was too cool, right? Too cool. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's before we get, I mean, but with, as we're dwelling on all this sad stuff, it's, it's worth when we, it must be said over and over again, too cool, was so ridiculously over at oh their peak. Oh my god. The I, idea that you would take two little guys like that and and put them in like just, just the dumbest gimmick and then throw Rikishi in and you have... what? Like, they were the
1: comedy gimmick that really worked. You know, like Santino worked, Rusev Day, which is mm-hmm. debatable whether or not that's a comedy gimmick. But those kind of organic comedy gimmicks really work. And I remember, I, I went to Royal Rumble 2000, that was, I believe that was the one where tri- Triple H fought uh, Foley in an incredible match. And it was the one where The Rock won the Rumble. Um, But, you know, they, they they were so over. They were like, they were as over. I mean, they were as over. The pops they were getting at that time were at least Seth Rollins pops now. Oh, I'd have more, to I say, you know, because like, everyone like pops for Seth Rollins, but it's like almost like a pop out of respect, not like and I uh, he's on fire sort of pop. Um, but he, he, I consider like Seth Rollins pops now to be kind of similar to Bret Hart pops. Yeah. you know, um, it's like it's a, it's a respect pop, and people are excited
0: to see him. But those guys, I like that Rollins. Yeah. We'll talk about Rollins a th- little those bit.
1: Guys, those guys, those guys are on fire, and and, and 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 they killed it. So it's it's really it's you know, it's depressing. I mean, the it's it's it, you know the the wrestling itself. I mean, I you know I do think that. A lot of the deaths, uh, you know, are overstated. But, you know, if you get hit in the head that many times and, and like any entertainment job, as you probably know, David, and people who listen to the show or who are in the entertainment industry, you can go from, you know, one year making hundreds of thousands or or millions of dollars. And then the next year, you've got nothing. So it's, it's, it, 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 because of that, I think sometimes lack of steadiness, um, you know, it can lend itself to,
0: you know, a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough. But they, they Too Cool was really great. I think it's, it's really hard to, you know, put your finger on why it worked the way it did. But a lot of it has to be attributed to just the electricity and kind of devil may care Will, willingness to, like, get themselves over that that Brian Christopher and, um... Man, what's his partner's name?
1: <laughs> God, I'm forgetting now, too. They I, just, I just...
0: Scotty Tuati. Scotty Tuati. I know what's his real name, though. And Rikishi. Scott. Oh, who cares? Anyway. Uh, Scotty Tuati. <laughs> thank you, Jim. Grandmaster Sex I uh,
1: Yeah, well, it was also there in a time in the late 90s and early 2000s where, like, you know, and, not, and, and like, Can't Hardly Wait and other type of movies that... The idea of the white boy rapper was like super funny. Oh, yeah. You know, and it, it kind of went the way of Austin Powers where you're like, all right, we've had enough of this. Not to say yeah. First off, Austin Powers. I mean, we,
0: we, we wrote about that about Can't Hardly Wait on the Ringer not long ago, and I forgot. I, but, but um, man, that was such a moment in time. I'm oh, not yeah. sure that, that, that Can't Hardly Wait, like the, that aesthetic and that. Version of America ever actually existed? Maybe it did it like Hollywood high schools or something. I mean, Jennifer Love Hewitt was, and to
1: borrow uh, Conrad Thompson's phrase, "all the way live in that movie. Yeah, I mean, I
0: think that that was a big part of it. But that was, but that was a lot of what they were doing. You're right. I mean, the whole like the idea that like there were cool dudes who had like frosted tips. And ski goggles on when they went out. You know? Like yeah. that like what a crazy moment in time that was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, all the cool guys looked like Brigitte Nelson back then. <laughs> Nelson. We just had a child, according to whatever magazine I was reading in the line at supermarkets. So congratulations. She? 56 or something? Oh, good like. for her. Congrats. Um, gotta bring some uh positivity into this opening segment. And then so anyway, um, Brian Christopher, uh, and then to his whole family, I mean, our thoughts and prayers are with you. That's a real, it's a real, you know, bad situation and heartbreaking. I mean, really just heartbreaking. Um, and also the last promo that he had with WWE where him and his dad
1: were going at it, you're like, ugh. Just, yeah. it looks now, it looks kind of tragic now. You look
0: back on it of that whole year of I remember that. I remember his early run in, in Memphis bef- way before Too Cool when they. We're putting him over as a single star and then like they kind of then then like the the attitude era sort of happened on in WWF and then they started acknowledging that Brian Christopher was Jerry's son even I mean the reason why he's Brian Christopher is to sort of separate him from his father but then like cage move the heels would talk. Yeah, it was it was great. Um Speaking of Memphis, though, um, one of my absolute dudes growing up uh, also passed away at the same time, Brickhouse Brown. Um, He was, uh, I know I say this sort of stuff all the time, and it, like, we're spoiled as wrestling fans to have the WWE Network. You can just go back and watch anything on your laptop or whatever, and it's really great, Mm -hmm. but there's still this sort of, like, feeling like weird intimacy that comes with f- like traveling youtube like going down a youtube rabbit hole and just right. finding old stuff i i plead with you to go look up Brickhouse brown clips on uh on youtube because i don't know anything about him so oh god just I go look at look at his he did there i'm looking right now Brickhouse brown flips interview on cold-hearted fans from april 1988 this is my wheelhouse right here i right. mean he was this just like he wasn't the best talker, but he wasn't even the best worker. He, he, I th- he initially was one of the, he was a guy that, that, um, they brought in, um, to Mid South to replace Junkyard Dog after he went to WWE. And then he just sort of worked the various territories after that. But, um, he, yeah, his time in Memphis was very, it was like those are my formative years. So, I mean, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I, uh, Sure, most wrestling fans don't have the memories of him that I have, or certainly, not, you know, not the same memories that you have of Brian Christopher or Nikolai Volkov or whatever. But, um, but uh, he died of cancer, um, and and uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with his family too. He's he was he was, um, oh god, Terry Funk versus Brickhouse Brown. Now I'm just gonna be watching this all day. Dutch I'm Mantel. Watch it when I get home, Dutch Mantel. Who, you know, worked a lot of different roles, managerial roles, uh, as most recently Zeb Coulter in WWF, and obviously worked backstage. Any old YouTube video you find of Dutch is worth watching just to see the level of back and body hair he has going on. (laughs) Uh, it was a little bit of a heel gimmick. But anyway, he uh, Well, I'm I'm working that heel gimmick right now then. Well, you have your shirt on, thankfully. Thankfully.
1: That's going to change by the end of the month. Anyway, Damn, I
0: just pulled up yeah, so the, yeah, there's that there's Terry Funk versus Brickhouse Brickhouse versus Dutch Mantel. Brickhouse versus Matt Bourne. It was he was he was fun. He was he was a good it was a lot of, a lot of fun to Those watch. Those are the days where like
1: you're the like every wrestler looked like the bully's dad. Yeah. You know, like everybody just
0: Yeah. The scariest dudes in the world that you could that you were aware of as kids were like the tough dad on your block. Yeah, you know, or like occasionally you would like yeah, the guy was like, "Hey, knock that shit out." Yeah, exactly. That guy. Yeah, anybody, and it's like that's why it's like the like six packs don't scare me. It's the person who's who has a gut who is who is willing to take his shirt off or will, like Daniel Cormier is the is yeah the epitome of that.
1: This is the he's the baddest man in the world. and If I saw him like you know eating at a denny's i'd be like ah that guy probably
0: couldn't do shit
1: but he could break me with his pinky yeah eight different places
0: i remember one time this is like this is the sketchiest story that as it's coming as i'm about to tell it that i could possibly tell i was in my local comic book shop Mm -hmm. and you know they're like the dudes who worked there were like all grown men but this was their i mean i worked in bookstores it's like whatever but like it's uh, I'm just saying it's not like a kid and this like middle-aged guy was there and telling me about the fight a fight he almost got into or a fight he did get into or whatever and the part and he was like he looked like a sort of like a wrestler no. he wasn't the biggest guy but he he was like solid he had a, mullet, a brown hair curly mullet and a big gut you know yeah and the mo- the, the part of the story that I'll never forget is when he told me that he took off his shirt because he didn't want to mess it up. Like he's like, I'm about to get into this fight, so I. Unbutton- he's wearing like a big Dick Johnson shirt. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Nice no, shirt. he's wearing like a button down shirt, and he removed it so that because he, he didn't want to get blood all over it. And I was just like, that's the scariest thing I've ever he's heard. He's Meanwhile, buying an Archie comic. <laughs> yeah. he's like by the way have you checked out x-men this week because it's fan fucking (laughs)
1: testing um anyway it sounds like he was bullshitting you i feel like anybody who has to go to a comic book store to tell like a he worked at the comic book store he had to go there he had to go there
0: to afford the beer
1: that led to the fights i don't know this guy sounds like like at the time of your life
0: that was i think if you went back you could easily take this guy oh no i'm sure that i could but like the this is what i'm saying there's nothing about him that's scary that's except- like the guy from the Halloween st- adventure shop being good at sex, yeah. you know? <laughs> All I'm saying is there's nothing scary, the scariest thing about a guy like that is his comfort in just taking the shirt off. Yeah. Right? It's like if you look like Matt Bourne and you're walking around in like a turtleneck, there's not a, you're not scared of this guy. If Matt Bourne is like standing is like mowing his yard with his shirt off, that's frightening because this guy's like, "Fuck it, I don't need shirts." Like that's, in, that's yeah, implicitly ter- terror. There's also something about like, cause you know, I'm overweight
1: and my girlfriend's so pretty and like, well, walk, and you know, like there's something about like, like one of the, one of the, like, for me, the biggest wins is when we walk outside and she looks great and I look like shit. Mm-hmm. And then like, I get all those, like, I get like a guy, will check her out and then they'll look at me and they'll be like, what, what the f- yeah. fuck, how the fuck did you pull that off?
0: We get it, Dan. You got a girlfriend. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, you got a you got a fiance. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we bet it. But the, the, I mean, the, the name the valet is just sort of stuck. The but valet. Yes. Um. Anyway, we got to move on. We have the most important thing. I teased it at the top of the show. The most important thing in modern professional wrestling history happened on Monday night. Uh, honestly, one of the biggest moments. I mean, there's that famous GIF of Vince McMahon, sort of like. Uh, reaching a state of ecstasy when he sees mus- oh, yeah. muscular yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. If Vince McMahon has had that expression on his face at any point over the past five years, it was on Monday night, and it was at the very end. It was at eleven oh six East Coast time when Brock Lesnar came to the ring and was in the process of choking his manager, Paul Heyman. And the crowd started organically chanting, we want Roman. We- I think you're looking too much into
1: this. I think that's an outlier. Well, just, you don't. I'm not saying they've made the angle work. I, wait, wait. Oh, he also, no, he also the beat ang- up Kurt Angle. The they're doing the best they've ever done with this yes, angle. Yes, yeah. I completely agree. I thought the second of him backstage telling Paul Heyman how he likes his steak was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but they needed Kurt Angle to put that over. And I still think that at SummerSlam, unless they uh inject Braun into the main event, you're gonna get a lot of this is boring chance. I mean, I would say uh please be over chance would be the most appropriate chant for this feud because we just at this point, the like the 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 wrestling community, like Vince McMahon has beaten us into just put the title on Roman.
0: Yeah, well, he, we we were there. We were there at WrestleMania. or right? I was there, we and were I there. feel like a lot of people agreed with me. And then even if you weren't, you were like, "Well, this is what the greatest Royal Rumble is for. We're just going to put the title on him." Then, right? Um But listen, man, it doesn't matter. Like they got they they got to. We want Roman. They got there. Now they're not going to be able necessarily be able to sustain that. But Monday night was a very meticulously plotted show. You know, I mean, the fact that. Separate, like having the tension be between Brock and Heyman was a very ballsy move. I mean, that was a very, very like that wasn't the obvious move. Paul Heyman, I've said a million times is like the only guy who gets, the, you were talking about how Seth Rollins gets the, the cheers of respect more than just like the fight, like the antic yeah. like
1: passion cheers, Not the stone cold cheers of the, Paul race.
0: Heyman gets the booze of respect, right? Paul Heyman, yes. Paul Heyman could go to the ring and be like, here is a bag filled with millions of dollars and I'm giving it to you. And the crowd would just be like, like so excited, but their response would be to boo him because he's a heel. You know, yeah. We, he likes
1: the booze of respect.
0: Um, and so when they started splitting them up, I was like, I'm not sure this is going to work. I think that like the the you know, the in, if anybody turns their back on Paul Heyman, we saw it with CM Punk. If someone splits from Paul Heyman, I feel like that's just inherently a babyface move no matter how much we like Paul Heyman. But they made it work. They made it work. I mean, I think the only way you get that SummerSlam crowd
1: to pop um if if they don't interject, uh, inject Braun into the main event. And I think that having Kevin Owens win would be, would also not be a, a great move. Like having him pick up the money and then cashing in later in the night. I, you don't like that? I don't know. I, I feel like it's been done so many times before, but if Kevin Owens or Roman Reigns were to like, here's a way to book it, right? Is if you have Kevin Owens, uh, somehow, uh, you know, win by disqualification from Braun Strowman. And then you have Kevin Owens later than that, you know, like Roman finally beats Brock or, or like, or Paul Heyman, Lobos, Lobos Brock, Roman Raid Spears Brock gets the pin. Um, it'll get a, it'll get a, it'll get a pop. Like it's over. And then you have Paul Heyman and Roman uh, like looking like Paul Heyman's going to give Roman an uneasy handshake. And then Kevin Owens comes in. Drop a power bomb, and then Owens and Heyman are together because Heyman's Hayman's not like um, uh, Bobby the Brain. Heyman works better with a good talent. Yeah, so Heyman with Kevin Owens would work because they're both good talkers. Mm-hmm. Just like Heyman and CM Punk work together because yeah. they're both good talkers. And I, I you know, I, I think that you need to have or Ronda Rousey, somebody that's already over. Heyman works with. He doesn't. He doesn't so we're do not
0: great. we're not doing Curtis Axel.
1: No, we're not doing Curtis Axel. We're not, even though I I really like Cesaro, we're not doing that. Um, But I think that a stable of...
0: I I wish they brought back... If they brought back the Dangerous Alliance, it'd be so badass, man. It would be badass. I mean, just... or not, It doesn't even have to be the Dangerous Alliance. I'm not a mark for old names and old gimmicks, but just like, yeah, let them have a few people.
1: I would say, you know, what I would do is eventually turn Ronda heel so you could get a big WrestleMania match between Becky and Ronda... I feel like everyone says Charlotte and is the way to go, but the the babyface pops that Becky's been getting right now, mm-hmm. especially last night. You know, she's able to kind of deliver that vanilla Daniel Bryan promo and make it mean something. Yeah, I mean that's it what I actually was actually works with her. I was
0: watching Tuesday, and we'll talk a little bit more about the about the whole SmackDown crew. But the I was watching with the valet, and uh, she was like, "I don't like Becky normally, but I understand that. Like, I understand what's appealing about Becky. I understand if you're like." A kid yeah or a young girl specifically or like whatever but then and she was like but that said like she really was into her last night well like it f- works better as a heel still oh so, we're getting there we're getting okay, there well and there. i mean sorry. and we're no we're getting there I'm in storyline and we're, we'll we'll get to that we'll get, get to that in a second um but so anyway they uh, just to, i mean i just wanted to point out that the we want roman chant is what they've been get, trying to get to for so long they made a lot of hard i mean the you know turning Brock and Heyman against each other, bold move, having Brock show up and then refuse to go out in the ring, you know, again, counterintuitive, yeah. bold move. I get I get why they're doing it. I mean, I, you understand it all. And then the whole thing about Heyman being having two contracts with Brock and with the WWE and that being the source of of Angle's yeah. power, like in an in, a, in an if it had gone wrong we would have all been complaining that that was just a dumb thing that they shouldn't have had to explain and execute in the same show there. I mean, they, they, they pulled it off. They did a good job. Now, if they can keep this going for another couple weeks, I don't think they will. And I think
1: that not only, I I agree that was very well executed the entire raw, but it almost feels like Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone's marriage in casino. Yeah. Like we're like, (laughs) Oh, we finally married her. And in the end, it leaves with all the money missing and,
0: Somebody in a hotel room. I'm still I still James think Woods the biggest I, I still think that the biggest mystery I still think the biggest mystery or the most interesting storyline going into SummerSlam is what match what matches Brock Lesnar going to be willing to work. And I don't mean he's gonna be You mean after SummerSlam? No, or? at SummerSlam. I don't I don't mean that he's gonna be sandbagging necessarily. I don't mean that he's gonna try to screw Vince and like, you know, not be willing to do it. But there's a limit to what he, you know, we keep, I keep bringing it up, but the last time he was going back to UFC, we got that terrible WrestleMania match with Dean Ambrose. Cause he just didn't want to put himself, put his body at risk, you know? Yeah. And then we, he doesn't, he hasn't been working long matches in general. There is that looming question is like, I mean, I presume he's already reconciled himself to going out on his back. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, I think that Bro- but I mean, but who knows if I'm Brock Lesnar, what do I want? Right. Um, the UFC belt, and, boat?
1: and uh, what I think I want is, yes, I want the UFC. I think I just want money. I don't think there's any way that guy's going to beat Daniel Cormier or whoever's the UFC yeah. heavyweight champion
0: at that time. There's just no way, especially if he's drug tested. Um, well, I mean, the, we don't need to talk about UFC. The one thing he has on Cormier is like a, a lot of size, you know, and that didn't help Stipe. But that's, but like that's a big deal. There's no way Brock Lesnar beats that dude. There's just no way. I, I think you're probably right, but. That's a big, That's a big size difference. If there was like a UFC champion who was, or not UFC, if there was a guy who like worked out a lot at an MMA gym who was like five feet even, you would have a shot against He's him.
1: He's also 41 and has had one UFC fight in the <laughs> Courtney past is like thirty nine, But you're right, okay.
0: Anyway, back to their fake fighting.
1: Okay, well, I'm saying if, if the, w- the way that I would, like if I'm Brock Lesnar and I'm thinking in terms of my pocketbook, then I think you have some sort of run in with either Heyman or Kevin Owens, right? And then you have, and then just as that's happening, um, you have Daniel Cormier jump out of the audience, like punch Kevin Owens in the face. Oh, I see. Then Roman Spears Brock wins the title, so it looks like Dan. So Roman wins fair and square, but it still looks like Cormier. It sets up Cormier and Lesnar for UFC. That would be for me if I'm Brock, and it would be something that would get the fans to pop too. And And I do think that. I mean, I think Triple H would love it. I don't know about. I can't really put myself in Vince's head. Um, but that for me is a way to make both for him. That would make the
0: smartest sense. Yeah, I agree. But there's, you know, a lot of pride at play and everything else. Think uh, the guy feels pride though. Like, I think he just wants to check. I, but I think that the one thing that we've learned about, you're right. I'll, I'll take back the pride thing. I think the one thing that we've learned about Brock Lesnar is that he doesn't have to worry about the, about where the money's coming from and doing a thing to get like, he could literally walk out at SummerSlam drop his pants, and take his shit in the middle of the ring and leave with the belt. Well, that's what his match with Braun Strowman felt like. Yeah, and and, and WWE would say, this is so disrespectful, we never want you back. And they would offer him $10 million to come back in three months. Brock would, if you put an extra zero on his check,
1: he would job to James Ellsworth. I mean he's just
0: he's, Oh no no, no. Yeah. I think that's true. I just don't think that the next check matters. Like I think that he's always going to be able to make the same amount of money no matter what. He's been we've thought it was over with WWE a million times, we thought it was over with UFC a million times and they just both pay him to like be there. Exactly. I mean he's he's one of those guys who's who's just believable. Yeah. He's
1: a believable guy and I think that I think that he's looking at he's got probably one big glass payday with UFC because I don't think he's going to win that fight and then he can come back to WWE and maybe I think he's got more badges. than one
0: with UFC even if he's not fighting he he can be a division you know he can be the the you know kingmaker for the heavyweights for as long as he wants to keep no, swinging that's true um anyway they want to pay him out like that anyway um
1: but the uh, only time I'm going to interject the only time i've ever seen Brock Lesnar truly happy is there's a youtube video of him hunting and it's like a whole different person <laughs> You, you would have thought he had just like completed a spirit walk meditation with Jack Kornfield. like The bliss that's on his face during that is something I've never
0: seen before. Hey guys, Hill producer Jim here. First time listener, first time caller. Isn't it better for WWE, for Brock to fight at UFC as WWE champ? Jim brings up a good point. I think the answer is fuck no. First of all, I don't think UFC... I think UFC is happy to... to Steal WWE's thunder, and and I, I think you know they've, they've reconciled themselves to working a little bit when it comes yeah. to the promos and stuff like that. But they are not going to be okay with a guy coming in as WWE champion. Like they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to blur the well, line. Yeah, I
1: guess you're right. And who's the UFC guy who is the former heavyweight champion who's training now at the UFC at the? Uh, oh, Cain
0: Velasquez. Cain uh, oh, By the way, best name in the history of yeah, combat. It's, it's the most badass name. Cain Velasquez. Um, he was, he's real legit. He's got, he's kind of got that big head thing, like, like, um, like the French angel, but not the deformed looking. Um, he was a real badass. He, 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 he took, uh, he ended Brock the first time. Yeah. But, um, he doesn't, he's got a little bit of that. He doesn't have the Ken Shamrock body. I'll say that. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a bad body, but he's just not like superhero. So he's got, he's. He's a, uh, but he's got it. He's got that special thing. And the weirdest turn in his career was that he just sort of, you know, when it, when it when his run at the top ended, UFC didn't quite know what to do. And he was last seen on the Ultimate Fighter, being like Steve A. Mucic's like corner man and like assistant coach. Yeah. But he's good, and he could be real. He could be a real legit star for WWE. Yeah, if he wants to work that schedule, sure. Um, I don't even know what the schedule means anymore. But anyway, uh, it would be interesting to see, we're at a weird phase in WWE talking about Memphis, you know, they would throw guys in there who were like bouncers the weekend before, you know? I mean, they would, they would, you could, back in those days, you could put somebody in the ring and figure it out as you went. You know, put them in there with Dutch Mantel, we talked about. Dutch will make a wrestler out of them. We've kind of got a lot of people, I mean, not a lot. We're at a place now where we have Ronda Rousey and, I mean, who who else? Oh, and... um, Lana, who are both like learning how to be wrestlers in wrestling matches at the same time, and I thought the match that Lana had was the best match she's had. So not a bad match, nope. And uh, and I wonder if they'd be willing to do that with somebody like Kane Velasquez. Just like, yeah, he's been at the Performance Center for three months. Let's just throw him on TV.
1: Uh, It really depends on where they're at, right? I mean, I think that you know their whole landscape changes depending on who they can get. I mean, apparently The Rock is interested in coming back again skyscraper failed i guess yeah i mean by the way we're we're about with whatever
0: movie's not doing well for him works out well for the WWE. we're about uh three blocks sitting here in brooklyn from the court street cinemas uh big big multiplex in downtown brooklyn and i walk past it every day on my way home and on the side of the uh, on on the marquee as i walk past it says skyscraper instead of skyscraper and has been that way now for a month. Like clearly, they put That's it up like there. That's like an underdog fighter in heaven. Yeah, skyscraper. <laughs> but it's like uh, the fact that nobody has pointed out that they misspelled the new rock blockbuster is just the perfect metaphor for that failure.
1: I I heard it was pretty fun, but really, yeah, I did. But well, I gotta
0: go. It's the just very bizarre. I think he's out. like
1: married to Nev Campbell in it, which I just can't
0: imagine what their bed talk would be. Hmm. In real life or in the movie? No, in the movie. Like, what that charisma is like. I have no idea, man. Yeah, I mean... Party of Five Me, I love Nation The Rock. I will see The Rock in absolutely anything. Um, yeah, me too. I'm not sure if I need him to come back, but that's great. Come back, come back. Rising Tides and all that. Yeah, I mean, I love Big Stupid. I can't wait to see uh, the Meg when it comes out. I like Big Stupid blockbusters. I sure. always will. Um, but I don't think he's going to go as a UFC champ. I think... And listen, the, the wrestling fans are going to fucking revolt if that happens because it's not a matter of he's that. It's not like this isn't Conor McGregor fighting in multiple weight classes, you know, or Cormier for that matter. This isn't uh, Conor McGregor having the UFC belts when he goes and boxes, you know. It's nothing like that because you don't fucking earn it in WWE. As soon, if he if he win, if Brock Lesnar wins at SummerSlam, every fan there is going to be like, oh wait, the WWE creative team has decided that the best angle. Is for this guy to not wrestle and hold the belt and take it to this UFC show for the sake of mainstream crossover? I think that you can't. We're gonna do have it. to get
1: another belt. I think you can't do it because
0: there's a good chance he loses that fight and it makes the WWE look terrible. Yeah, and yeah, yes. So you're so you have so little confidence in your own product that you're giving a, that you're that you're letting a guy go into a fight with a twenty percent chance of winning just for that even if it was true that it would give you mainstream cred and it's not true just for this for that 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 one in five or less shot that he might win it's worth it no that's just a bad look it's like fuck you to the fans anyway all right sorry i asked jim (laughs) um is there anybody else is there anybody else in the studio that could just take over for you as you just walk out i wish you could just walk out into traffic right now (laughs) um Sorry, well, I didn't that, mean that. That Arby's on Western. Listen. Most depressing Arby's ever. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that's where the the, the the staff of Baskets worked for a day to promote the show. Oh, they did? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, we've got... Okay, so let's move on. Oh, my God. This has nothing to do with wrestling, but I just saw in my work Slack that Warner Brothers has is rebooting ALF.
1: I guess that's needed
0: yeah i mean come on of all the stars from our childhood that literally haven't aged a day i mean let's just get (laughs) alf out there Alf's great who voiced alf i don't think it was anybody famous bring that guy back give him a run at ufc um paul fusco ah the great paul fusco actually that name means something yeah he's a he's a puppeteer a voiceover artist um I guess does Puppeteer go before voiceover artist, or does voiceover artist go oh, before Oh Fusco puppeteer? created Alf, of course. Puppeteer and voiceover artist, he might be a puppeteer. I guess he just goes as I created Alf. Like if you're hitting on a if you're hitting on a
1: girl at a bar, do you what what what's cooler? Voiceover artist or puppeteer?
0: I think maybe it depends on the bar. Uh voiceover artist is definitely like safer. Um, <laughs> you never know. Um My favorite I, thing about puppets I got to write about this. My favorite thing about every puppet is the, like a puppet fad lasts for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And the puppeteer has happened with the Muppets has happened with all the puppets from like our parents' childhoods. The puppeteers spend their entire careers, like lives after that, trying to make the puppet work again. They're never like, you know what? Like I had a good run but I'm going to move on to other projects. I'm going to go get a different job. I'm going to try to be a voiceover artist. You know, like wh- whoever it is, they're always just like, they, they want, they just trying to find new ways to like shoehorn the puppet gimmick into a new I, yeah, thing. I, I actually can't imagine a scarier scenario for a woman.
1: than going back to the bedroom and this guy has this puppet in the corner and she looks at the puppet and he just says, I just can't make it work. <laughs> I can't make it work. <laughs> I should not be setting like, you up for this. I mean, that's that's what gets you into an A room the next day if you're the girl. That's fantastic. Like, I, I, I I my rock bottom
0: uh, uh, was the guy who controlled Grover. <laughs> okay, I had a whole Coca Fran and Ollie bit, but I'm going to save that for a future episode. Okay. All right, um, I want to go through and just like the the, the happenings of Rowan SmackDown. SmackDown, um, and. Uh, and to see how excited we are. We're, we're a few weeks away from Wrestle—I mean, from uh, SummerSlam. Biggest
1: party of the summer? It is the biggest party
0: of the I'm summer. I'm going with David. David's giving me a ticket. Um, I hope I that's hope, true. I hope so.
1: Uh, if not, I'm going to be fucking sadly standing outside the Barclays Center. <sighs> someone, will, someone
0: will take pity but on you. This is usually you in. what I do on a Sunday night anyway. Yeah, it's a pretty normal thing to do. All right. Um, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, we talked about. How are we feeling about Baron Corbin and Finn Balor right now? All I want you to do is just to tell me excited, not excited. I couldn't care less. Or like, did they actually? Or did, is this actually a wrestler that I haven't heard of? Neutral to slightly excited. Um, I think Baron Corbin's outfit is weird, sort of silly. Yeah. Uh, but this is this, they're getting they're, they're they're overachieving. I'll say that. Yes, I would agree. They've done a good job with some of this mid card shit. I it's will,
1: depressing, it's depressing. It's a, it's kind of a little depressing for Finn Bauer and it's a little inspiring for Baron Corbin. That's what
0: But Finn that's but fun. Finn making this work is an, is a testament to him too. Alicia Fox has joined the uh the Evil Empire of Heel Women on Raw. Uh she yeah. fought Natalia. that whole gimmick. How how excited uh, let's, let's just zoom out. How excited are you for Ronda Rousey and uh and Alexa Bliss?
1: I mean, I'm excited if Bliss can take some bumps. Yeah. I mean the match should be. I mean the whole match. What you? I think you have to have the lights just went down again.
0: That's yeah, Nikolai
1: Volkov was not happy about that either. I think. I think the whole match because you know I like I love Alex Bliss Alexa Bliss on the mic. I, I think she's she's one of the best talkers. I love her gimmick. I love the music. I think uh, she's super cute. Um, but you know I still am not like blown away by her work. So I think what you do there is. You either have you have it be a no disqualification match. So the whole match is Ronda just flipping these women over like there's like women who are coming in because there's no way that Alexa wins an actual match with Ronda without some cheating.
0: No, I mean, this is one of those few as much as I love Alexa and as much as I want her to legitimize or, you know, whatever. Like this is one of the few that I would uh, one of the few that I would just straight up book as a squash.
1: Yeah, I would. I would book it as a squash or a screw job. And at this point, book it as a squash. Have Ronda win the title at Summerslam. We're setting up for a, like her going up against. I think the only go ahead for her going up against what? like would, whoever the top SmackDown at WrestleMania um, female wrestler is.
0: I think that the only argument against the squash is that Ronda still is that Ronda got so much has got you know gets such a good pop just from like being a wrestler. Well, that's why I mean that's why you have all those
1: women interfere and yeah you, have the, you know because Mickey can work and. Um, well, he's Fox can work. She's, she's underrated. So you have them taking all these bumps and then she finally gets to Alexa. Almost similar. How do they book Braun?
0: Yeah. I wonder if they bring in the other four horsewomen to, uh, to fend off some of this crew. Yeah. would be a good, like, that'd be a perfect little Brooklyn pop. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm into this. I'm into this. They're, they're it's not, I mean, they're, they're doing this part very deliberately. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to see how they play it out. Um, Bobby Lashley and Elias are apparently oh, who
1: cares yeah, okay. I love
0: Elias but
1: come on I mean Lashley is, is you know I mean I'm sure the, the guy looks great but that's that's kind of all you can say about him he also like it's like oh he's he's great with power moves but he's almost there's been a couple times where I'm like did that guy did he just almost break that guy's neck you know
0: yeah yeah no it's I mean there's there's been some moments uh I kind of like Jinder Mahal's new gimmick <sighs> But I'm not really sure what the point of his meditation is. A heel move? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fun. I mean, mean, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of like the old Bo Dallas. like the Bo Leave gimmick, right? It's just like pod the power of positivity for like, like as a heel gimmick.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm as excited as you can be. Uh,
0: Speaking of speaking of uh of Bo Dallas, the B team um uh is really over.
1: Yeah, they're really over, and I like them, but I always like—I kind of like have this other thought whenever I see them do it, which is like, ah, Slater and Rhino kind of did this better.
0: You think so? Yeah, I do. I, I, I but, you know, I think here's the thing: I think that Slater—I don't think Rh- Rhino. I mean, I, Rhino was great in his day, but I kind of think that, like, I, I like—I like the question about like, could he Slater be doing this better? I think the problem with Slater is that he's like so in like implicitly funny. Yeah. That like it, it actually is better, for better for whatever reason. It feels better like that that Bo and and Axel are like trying, like they were trying to be earnest until you know for for a long time.
1: I mean, I I just and they're
0: sort of bad actors. Well, they're sort of great actors, but they don't have that same just like comedic brilliance or like you know that jumps off the screen. That
1: yeah, and I'm not, I'm just not super excited about the Raw Tag Division. I thought I'd be more excited when the Authors of Pain came in. But I think it's that Randy Orton problem that you always talk about when they show up in actual WWE ring you're like oh they don't look as big as I remember no, that. No. It's one. like
0: it's like two it's are in a tag team.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's what it feels like.
0: Yeah, speaking of them if you watch the if you watch the Hulu uh, special 90 minute episode of Raw you wouldn't even know that um that Apollo the Cruise Authors of Pain right. were still were being booked but uh but but Akam lost to Apollo Crews on Monday night. Yeah, uh, that's never a good look. I remember watching because I actually did watch the Hulu version, and then as I always do, went back and watched what I missed. But the but, um, I was really surprised when they had the revival. The re, and now I like that the revival, I guess, are getting a shot. Although, man, they look tiny. Uh, the revival uh, and the, against Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, and then the you know the B team was there. I was surprised that they didn't use that as an opportunity for the Authors of Pain to like jump into the title picture too. Um, but then I realized they had already worked. I
1: th- you know, the raw, t- the raw tag titles, Raw has always been Vince's show, and Vince has never been a tag team guy, so I think that kind of explains it. It is weird, you know, you were talking about Nikolai Volkov being moved down to this tag category after mm-hmm. his role, after his run as a major heel was complete, and it's weird watching Bray Wyatt lose to those guys and thinking, this is the same dude who had... WrestleMania matches with John Cena, Undertaker, a feud with The Rock, and lost the championship to Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. It's crazy then seeing him, you know, yeah, it, to the Revival. It's, a it's, a weird, it's so a,
0: bizarre. It's weird that I don't mind the deleters of Worlds saying, although them having a shirt is sort of... Defeats the purpose. Defeats the purpose. As soon as the storyline stopped being about why are these guys on the same team, it really demeans the whole gimmick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean,
1: it was, it was a cool WrestleMania we, moment.
0: We are talking about them. So I guess that's something. Um, speaking of unlikely tag teams or likely whatever, Sasha Banks and Bailey have matching ring gear now and they beat up the riot squad on Monday night. How excited are we for whatever eventually comes of this feud? I mean, I guess, I, I guess
1: that that's better than their friends, right? I mean, they botched them, their enemy run so badly on an is it, it over? I don't think it's necessarily
0: ever. over. I think they're just biding their time for evolution. I think I, I, I still believe or hope against hope that they're going to do that, you know, the, these two are going to anchor the, the show on Evolution. They're going to give them yeah, but
1: 30 then Who do you put the tag team title? You think
0: on? they're going to have tag belts?
1: Yeah, I think they're, it's, I, I think they've already talked about a women's tag team oh, division. Oh,
0: well, maybe I just, I, I'm sure I just missed that. Yeah. Uh, But no, no, I think that they'll be in the, I think that they'll be, I think that they will be a team if they have a women's tag division. Um, I think that they're an obvious fit, but I think that I think that that's still the storyline is still ongoing. Um, do you know who the um, the last WWE tag team champions were? Do you know? The, well, actually, there were only WWE ever five tag or champ? WWF. Oh, the um, for for female tag team champions. Yeah, they they vacated the title in 1989.
1: Was it? Was it, was it, the, it wasn't. Uh, was it the Killer Bees or no? no that, the that women's, a no yeah, women's. Uh, it, was the, was, it was
0: the Glamour Girls, Lalani Kai and true. Judy Martin were the last champs. They uh, they won the titles from uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels. Uh, I was thinking of Jumping Bomb Angels, um, and Velvet McIntyre uh, and first first the Princess Victoria, then with Desiree Peterson were the previous were the first two was the first two title holders. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, women's tag team belt. Let's do it. I'm very excited about that. Now I want to talk. 1st we got to get out of here. Actually, we've been doing this for a while. But I really—the whole point of this conversation was to talk about Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre because I was watching them on Monday touch night.
1: Smackdown. On this I know
0: episode. we're going to get there. Uh, Jim said that we can go for an extra two hours. Um,
1: yeah, I'm sure Jim doesn't have a gun in his mm, mouth right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, the so we were talking about. Uh, so I was. I ta- was. I wanted to talk about Seth and, and Drew. I was. Watch- when I turned the the show on on Monday, I watched some of it live. But the, this was on, and I think that. Your mileage may vary on Seth Rollins and where he goes on Mount Rush, Crate, Mount Rushmore, but in my mind, Rollins and and Drew are sort of like kind of the standard. Like they're both, I don't know, if standard bear is the right word because Drew hasn't been around that long, but they're both very whatever the modern WWE style is right now. They're both Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins are that.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: They're both neither of them are. The reason you show up for like a PWG show. Yes. They're not. I mean, it's Rollins, some people do think Ron's is that on that level, but I just don't think I it's
1: think he, I think he could work. that. Oh, level, no, he certainly he certainly could. But his WWE, WWE
0: style. Yes, his WWE, the WWE version of him is just a couple of degrees slower, you know, whatever. I love the guy. He's a great worker. He's not, you know, the young bucks out there or anything. No, um, but but all this is to say they're both really, really good. Uh and I kind of th- I kind of think of them as being just sort of like the 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 best possible version of like what WWE like the WWE's norm right now. Here's my mm-hmm. question though. And my it probably sounds like I'm shitting on these guys a little bit backhand like a backhanded compliment and maybe I am because here's the point of this. The Attitude Era is what WWE always looks back at as like the glory days. Fans do too a lot of times because we were we were raised in that era. Right. How many Attitude Era wrestlers how of the how many guys were were better workers than Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre? Attitude Era, Attitude do Era. You it, do you count Shawn Michaels? Yes.
1: I would say Shawn Michaels. Yes, agreed. Uh, <laughs> it depends on. It depends on. I mean, do you do you, do you count Foley? I think Foley's
0: an interesting argument because of you know what he was able to do. He could tell a story and all that kind of stuff, and so could The Rock, and so could Steve Austin was was obviously. Yeah, I mean,
1: those guys are in a different. I mean, I mean, at the time, you know, Austin after the broken neck, he was telling a different type of story. Yeah, Um, Taker at that time wasn't where he was. You know, at WrestleMania 25 with Shawn Michaels. No, but you can make
0: a case for Taker too. The whole point of this is to say. Ron's and McIntyre had you know, a- early
1: Triple H before he turned, you know, when he had that rock match with SummerSlam, that uh-huh. ladder match that yeah. H- during the the to Hell, He was very good then. And I, I think that he kind of more adapted to more of a main event style, you know, right around WrestleMania 15 when he turned heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't think that's as exciting to watch, although I think his work as a heel now is the best he's ever the best he's done probably since his blue, blue blood gimmick.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I really enjoy him, but he hasn't been doing that with any sort of consistently no. for a while. All that is to say that that Rollins and McIntyre had a hell of a match on Monday night. I really enjoyed the hell out of that match. Yeah. It was very, very good. They, they have really good chemistry, um, and they're both very, very good at what they do. But it's like some of those moments you just take a step back, take a breath, and you're just like, I'm watching a match between two guys who are better than anyone I ever watched that I literally anybody I'd ever like Mac who, who Macintyre is the lesser of those two guys, although he's so big. He's like he's he's a crazy freak. I guess McIntyre is the lesser of those two McIntyre is literally better Favorite than any r- than any wrestler I ever saw work in my entire life until I was like twenty five
1: right i mean, I mean obviously the dusty
0: Rhodes and rick flair and what ed sean michaels know, and whatever but has like, really been carried by him ziggler
1: and seth because they're all such great workers and it almost kind of reminds you of that intercontinental run with razor sean and diesel yeah you know where it's like that was kind of what you were tuning in for yeah razor really,
0: razor at his peak in wwf was um man i wish we got more of that but that he was he was very very good, very good. and uh, yeah I mean I don't know if he's an underrated worker he's probably an appropriately rated worker. All right, on to SmackDown. We're just gonna run through some names. We got to mm-hmm. get out of here. um The Bar is back. The Bar Your favorite tag team. I love the Bar. Actually, I love the Bar. I love the Usos. I, I love,
1: love the New Usos. Day. I don't love the Bar. I, I like the New Day. I know I'm getting. Uh, I think they're great. I, I wish they would do something a little more but I'm also like I have the I have that feeling too where of like I like them as people so much I want them to make money. And I know the The most yeah no, I don't I mean I don't really know. But New Day, I like them as people so much that I want them to make money. So I'm like, all right, this really isn't for me anymore. It's for kids. So I'm but I'm glad they're getting paid. Like I don't know if they turned heel, like what would happen. So I'm always like hesitant to be like, Hey, do I really but I do. Th- I wish they just, uh, I, I wish they became a little bit more serious than they're doing. But yeah, they're all under they the he, greatest.
0: Here's my fantasy booking for this right now. Whatever happens at SummerSlam, I guess the winner of this is going to so the bar is going to the. Wait, does the bar take on the New Day to see who's going to face the Bludgeon Brothers? Yes. Please, please let's be done with the Bludgeon Brothers. I love okay,
1: Luke Harper. Me too. But it's like you have such a phenomenal tag division now, especially with Sanity there.
0: And I, I think, I I think the nightman, I really do. I think he's awesome, but it's just that that gimmick it's just so. Their tag division on SmackDown is so stacked. Here's what I would do: I would have some some for have some contrivance to have a triple threat match between the bar, of the Usos, and the New Day, like right after SummerSlam. Tear the house down. Give them like 25 minutes. Just really do it. Maybe you save this for the next pay per view. But then say then have you know uh, Page come out and just be like. These are the 6 7 I guess if you count all three of the new day the seven most decorated men on the SmackDown roster. Like these are the most important guys. They're in the tag division. Whoever wins this match, you get a title shot. You you get AJ. And then yeah. just and then just say and then and then it becomes this interesting storyline of like not just That's which great. tag team is going to win, but then who's going to go from the tag team
1: I mean, I think or even like a Biggie Samoa Joe match oh, would, God, be, be good. would
0: be really fun to watch. Samoa Joe was great on Tuesday, too. How excited are you for Samoa Joe AJ Styles?
1: I am. I love that promo. People online were saying it was a little weird, but, I, you know, I thought it was cool. And Samoa, no. he can't really go with the un- I'm the unstoppable guy anymore because he's been stopped a couple of times. Yeah. So I, I like
0: the angle they took. Samoa Joe can like I would I would listen to him order from the Wendy's drive through. I'm sure you.
1: There are plenty of times you can do that.
0: <laughs> That's not a hard ask. He's great. Do you remember Stone Cold ET? Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah that was great. Uh, what a great gimmick! Didn't he go through the drive-through? That's why I'm thinking of that. Anyway, um, uh, Nakamura or Nakamura and Orton buddies now. What? How, how did you read that situation? So Jeff Hardy comes to the ring, cuts a promo, calls out Randy Orton, then Nakamura is suddenly kicking him in the back of the head, and Orton sort of directed nakamura I mean, I think that, like
1: the whole point of it which you know i think they're doing it you know like i'm not the biggest randy orton fan i've said that before i think this is the best randy's been in a while i like it um so i'll, I'll give them that and I, th- I do think the whole gimmick of i'm gonna tear down your heroes similar to what kind of batista said when he got back mm-hmm. um works i mean i think that they're trying to take kind of the they're keeping the u.s title in the picture with Nakamura, but there's a lot of rumors that Nakamura's contract could be up. He could go back to new Japan. Um, yeah, I forgot would, about that. he news. would return to new Japan as a, as a, so, you know, I think that they're kind of keeping him. It's almost a weird way of telling the U S title story without Nakamura, even though he's done. Na- I like that. That's an interesting title. way
0: to put it. Um, yeah, that's really, uh, I I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying this Randy Orton. Yeah. I hope they do a good job with it. Um, what else the miz and daniel bryan
1: of it's course the, it's the greatest wrestling story there is right now
0: it's weird because it feels like they're botching a little bit of it or botching a little bit right now because really? they only because it feels like they well first of all i didn't love last week daniel bryan kind of was a dick and i don't think that's his Do job we you mean, you mean on tuesday or the baby thing when he threw, when, the, baby when he threw the baby yeah just right. because daniel bryan didn't need to be there what was he doing there I mean, that's a good point, but it's still it was, it's, it's fine. A fun. It was a fun moment. I just say it feels like they're just sort of rushing it. it feels like they should have decided. It feels like they only decided they're putting together at SummerSlam last week. That's it. It's going to be dis- fine by I, the time we get there. And you're disagree. right. It has this huge backstory.
1: I completely disagree. I, I you you've been building that up for years, and it's no, like,
0: no, no. That's true. And they I, had the whole thing with the Team Hell No and the Miz, and like I get it. Uh, it just yeah, I just
1: don't because you're going to have to put Brian in the title picture immediately, and. You can do it again and have Miz win the title, mm. and then have Miz and Daniel Bryan again did, at WrestleMania for the title, and people would want to see it. It's, did you it's watch the Rock and Stone Cold of our time? I'm you, not saying it's up there, but I'm saying it is. No, it's the best feud. This is WWE. the
0: this is this is the the Hogan Flair of all time, the greatest rematch. <laughs>
1: this is no, but, we never is, thought
0: it was going to happen, and it didn't really.
1: This is the best WWE. This is the best feud there is in wrestling and i'm including all the whatever weird shit's happening
0: It's just i guess i guess you're right maybe they're not botching it. It just feel it's like it's like you spend the whole month of december being excited about christmas and then on december 22nd you're like should i have not bought any presents. You know, it's like it, and it doesn't make christmas any less good. It's just like know, man, you're really? the the build like you're it's more exciting it just I, no, no. I guess that's because that sounds like I'm shitting on them too. It's just like well,
1: you can shit on them all you want. It's so, so exciting
0: Like I've been building it up in my head for so long that now I'm expecting this to be Dostoevsky, this or I'm expecting. Like,
1: this is the first time in a, in our podcast history where I've been more pro WWE than you. I think it's true. Uh, I, I think they're doing a really good job. Um, I did watch. I tried to watch the Miz and Maurice and it, the
0: Miz and Misses.
1: I didn't love it, man. I watched. It It was I, a little bit shitty. It,
0: it was kind of terrible, but I did yeah. watch it also. And um, yeah, well, you know, the thing is, I don't like reality TV, but like I understand what
1: appeals because my, you know, my girlfriend loves the Real Housewives, and she loves like that upper deck show where they're all on a fucking yacht making food for rich people. But like the whole thing about making reality
0: shows work like below deck,
1: below deck, or whatever it upper is, deck
0: is baseball cards. Okay, not, well, it's not a TV show. show. That'll be
1: an ex shitty reality show that Kevin Smith produces or something. <laughs> but, like, uh, even though I like Kevin Smith, my caveat. Uh, but uh, I, I would say, I, I, I think that the whole thing is that you have to have the, them fight, and there has to be unlikable, or there's got to be like some weird guy like Grizzly knows best where you're like, you're like, wait, what's going on? He's like a patriarch who may or may not be gay. I don't understand what's going on here. Um. Yeah. You know. I'm. But I'm like. I'm. I'm kind of in for the ride because it's a. It's a bizarre dynamic, and him and his wife are arguing. And his kids are fighting. Even though I. You know. I don't really watch that show that much. But like. Um. I just don't know what the story is here. It's like. Uh, he's a husband, and she's a wife.
0: And- yeah. I mean, Elite like on on Total Divas, they which I think is a to- is a very interesting show. All these shows are very interesting just because of the kayfabe of reality and the kayfabe of wrestling intersecting. But it just feels like, like when when wrestlers are complaining about their yeah. love lives, there's something kind of plausible about it. But when the Miz is running yeah. around backstage because Titus O'Neil told him his wife was going into a labor into labor because of a bad game of telephone, it just doesn't feel like we know how Miz runs when he's being when he's when he's faking it, and that's how he was running backstage.
1: Yeah, and I also like. The reason the total uh, Bella's kind of works is that Cena's like kind of a dick on it, you know? Like you actually get a heel Cena.
0: I actually think Ms. and Maurice. Show. Miz and Maurice are the best parts of Miz and Mrs, which sounds kind of obvious, but like just watching him just be a goof and her being just like, you know, throws up hands in confusion is I don't know, great. it's just
1: it's just kind of weird to watch like you're like, oh, this is a functional relationship. Yes. don't really want to watch that <laughs> yeah is that you know like you didn't watch the sopranos because Carmela and tony got along you're all to- those
0: years you're totally right maybe we should watch it just to reinforce the positive stereotypes yeah um yeah it's true when she was like hey miz this is my idea i think we should get a bus and drive from la to austin he was just like okay yeah <laughs> yeah or that <laughs> so moment great. where it's
1: like it was like the the baby photo shoot and you're like, okay, I see where the drama is going to come. He's going to like miss the shoot and it's going to be a whole thing. But then he gets there on time. It's fine.
0: Yeah. She was like, you're so late. Can you please get here in a hurry?
1: Yeah. And he's like, uh, and then, but she says, I know you can't control the,
0: right. the plane lands. And then the can, and then the, the the actual spoiler alert the actual tension comes from the fact that he misunderstood because of the phone cutting out and misunderstood that it was not a full fully nude photo shoot. So spent five seconds naked in front of people right which is just kind of like a like a goof it's not like a reality show and it's not like a real thing that will ever happen yeah to it's totally overproduced you could just sort of yell from the other room like how naked do you want me yeah think- the first question you answer on a naked photo shoot is is what should we be doing for this yeah especially for and also for someone who walks around in their underwear as like a way of life it just seemed a little bit on, anyway, I just we have I, to get out of here. Yeah, uh sorry. Miz and Miss is the best new show on television. Before so Daniel Bryan and the Miz I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Before we get out, we got to talk about Charlotte interjecting herself into this women's title match at SummerSlam. She beat Carmella, Becky Lynch is unhappy. Becky yeah. finally get, gets her chance to shine and here comes Charlotte to ruin it all. Um Are we replaying the Sasha Banks Bailey thing? Or are we just is this just a, a coincidental parallel? Are I we excited mean, about this? I'm actually very excited about it. I'm
1: excited about it. And, uh, you know, all three, you know, I think Carmella's improved a lot. Yeah. Um, Charlotte works better as a heel. The only thing I really hope they don't fucking do, which, you know, it's wrestling. So who knows is that they, you know, somehow find a way to turn Becky heel. That's the only way that I just really hope they don't shit the bed with that. But do you think they shouldn't turn her heel? No, they shouldn't turn her heel. Yeah, I agree. The most okay. Organic baby face they have besides Daniel Bryan. Um, if anything, you turn Charlotte heel, and maybe you have Becky win the title, and then Charlotte beats the shit out of her after. Yeah. Um. I I I don't really know what the answer makes is makes a lot of sense. But uh, you know, Carmella's been a really fun. You know, she's been really fun. I, I, you know, I understand even leaving the title on her for a little bit. I also understand she's one of these people who could play a lot. Like she, you know, she came out in, in her argument, she's like, they saw me as a valet or a hype woman. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, you could also still do that and be really good. So it's like, if you're not in the title picture, again, the lights went out. Nikolai Volkov, huge Carmella I mean,
0: fan. No, that's just Jim pulling the plug at this point. Uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that you could put her in a lot of places. So, you know, I, I, I'm excited for the feud. I, you know, I'm I, 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 I uh, I'm a big Becky Lynch, Mark.
0: Um, I think that's a perfect way to go out. Do we miss any news this week? We I feel like we talked about. I don't think so. I mean, oh, we didn't we didn't mention the new NXT champion, which is cool. Oh yeah, that is very cool. Hey, uh, um,
1: I gotta. Say, I think I'm gonna go try to get tickets to that show. I think I'm gonna go to NXT. I've never gone to an NXT before.
0: Really? No. Oh well, then you got to go to that. I gotta go to that. Jeez, man. I know. Um, I'm such an amateur. All right, Jim. Did we forget anything?
1: Nah. Jim is so fucking checked out. Can Uh, I I promote stuff?
0: Yeah, please. please.
1: (laughs) Well, if this comes out in the next two hours, will it? No. Yeah, it should be out in two hours. All right. For you, Dad. For you, Dad. Thank you so much. In Brooklyn, in two hours, we will be doing. I'm going to have my pre album release party at Union Hall. I'm going to be doing a set, some very funny comics, Tim Dillon, um, Evan Williams, uh, Sam Ruddy, Rosebud Baker, and a surprise guest who's way more famous than anyone I just mentioned and uh, one of the best comics in the country. Um, <laughs> she or he or she will be there tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so please check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going on tour this weekend, tomorrow night. Uh, this is going to be August... Second, I'm going to be at the D.C. Draft House August 3rd, I'm going to be at the Punchline in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm going to be at Otto's Bar uh, on Saturday um, in Baltimore. On Sunday, I'm going to be in Frederick, Maryland at the Cellar Door. And uh, next weekend, I'm doing a whole Massachusetts run, including Laugh-, Laugh Boston. And most importantly, my album comes out August 10th. No real winners here. Uh, you should you should buy it and watch it. It's next Friday, folks, August 10th, and watch uh, episodes of The Break on Netflix, which I wrote for, and there will uh, and, and and check out Total F and Marks. I, we're taking off a month, but if you want to look at backlogged episodes, there's some evergreen ones on there. Um, it's on all things comedy. So you were very go.
0: good at self-promotion.
1: Well, you got to be DS German on Twitter. I'm dancing on Instagram.
0: I am at David Cheemaker on Twitter. And I tweeted for the first time in years on Monday night. I was so dr- I saw was that. So compelled uh, by, by the we want Roman chant that I had to get back on there. I'm going to try to tweet more. Twitter's fun. Um, you
1: sound like you're excited about it.
0: Yeah. Me and Mike Francesa are really going to make a go at Twitter. Um Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Dan St. Germain, for hanging out in Brooklyn. It was fun. I'm, I'm,
1: I'll be here all month, probably, right? Yeah. Unless like I get canned.
0: Yeah, we'll see. we'll see how the powers that be react to this episode. <laughs> uh, Jim? I
1: thought, hey, who powers to be that are listening to this, I thought I was without a doubt the most appropriate... That you've ever been? ...that I've ever been on this podcast
0: yeah it's true
1: you there, know, there i was i was like hoda level and of, there was zero
0: connor the crusher material on this episode exactly. which is really really a big step in the right direction for you i've sold out baby thank you uh thank you marks for listening he'll uh he'll producer jim thank you for recording this apologies as always to dean ambrose we'll see you back here next week humanoids
1: we are desperately out of time the tape machines are rolling we'll see you next week on the mass You can literally Show.
0: walk out at Summersland. My favorite thing about puppets. It was a little bit shitty. It was kind of terrible.